0: The overall theme of Sunday nights, the elders want to be about us being together, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate their leadership. So in a few minutes, we're going to be together around tables, uh, and I believe ice cream and cake has been promised to me. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to turn this on so I can actually stray from my, oh, it is on. Look, it. it's not. It looks on. Oh, now it's on. Um, So there's uh, an existentialist writer uh, considered a genius in the mid 20th century, a guy by the name of a French guy, Jean-Paul Sartre, and he wrote uh, novels and uh, philosophical works and he wrote some plays. One of his plays is called No Exit. And kind of the summary line comes at the end of that play The summary line of a whole way of looking at the world and looking at how human life is supposed to go, he has one of his three main characters say, hell is other people. And if you've sat through the two hours of that play, you're kind of inclined at that point to believe him, because you've got three characters who have just torn each other apart by that. And his comment is that the deepest pain in our life uh, and and a lot of the problems that we have in our life come from our relationships with each other. And this is in furtherance of an existential idea that to be a truly whole person, to be a truly intellectual person, to be a truly mature and grown-up person means to have created for yourself Distance from other people so that you stand alone as a noble individual. About the same time that Sartre was finishing that play and it was beginning to have its, its run, there was a true genius by the name of Howard Hughes who was building an empire, had already built most of it by the time that play was published. He made major advances, mainly in aeronautics, but in a number of other disciplines as well. Made enormous amounts of money. Uh, uh, Invented techniques and technologies that are in some cases still in use today Contributed to the value of his own company and multiple other companies. And he died a multi-millionaire. He is the epitome of what the existentialist hero is all about. Someone who, who stands on their own two feet and, and makes a life for himself. And you would be hard-pressed to find someone who died in greater misery. He, as we look at what we know about his life, Howard Hughes' life, he was unable to sustain hardly anything in the way of long-term relationships. And when he dies, the only people that are around him are people that work for him and people that are trying to get his money. He dies in misery. He dies not fully a human being, in my opinion. Because while it is true, I mean, John Paul Sartre's not stupid, it is true that human beings do cause us pain. To be fully what you are meant to be <laughs> means to be successful at having relationships with other people. That's just the way it is. There is a great deal of that existentialist, that 20th century individualism that's wrapped up in our culture. And sometimes we think like that and sometimes we talk like that. If only I could be on my own. If only I could get space. If only I could afford to be away from these people who are bugging me, then I could be happy. I don't actually think that's true. I think God knows better. And he says, no, what you need is to develop maturity in community with other people. And that's why I give you the church. Week in and week out, I don't want you to just show up and ask the church to feed you. I want you to show up and give to this community. Week in and week out. I want you to be a person who says, whether they treat me well, whether they treat me badly, whether it's a little mix of both, I'm going to be a person that gives the best of myself to this community. I think God did that on purpose. Because it's interesting, as you give the best of yourself to the church, this is certainly the way it's worked out in my life, as you give the best of yourself to the church, God comes in from behind, and brings the best out of you, in terms of growth. We uh, we the passage that I wanted to focus on for today is this Galatians six passage. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter six. And it's really interesting the things that Paul says, and I don't want to spend uh too much time just going uh, over every single point, but he says this, Galatians chapter six verses one through f- uh, one and two, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit, you who are spiritual, should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill, the law of Christ. This is, Paul's actually spent a big chunk of the last chapter talking about what it's like to live in a community, in the church, and to treat each other the way we should. He talks about the works of the flesh, and he talks about the, the fruit of the Spirit. And now he says, and this is how I want you to live. If somebody's caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, go and restore that person gently. Do you realize how much maturity you have to develop to to fulfill verses one and two well. Because being spiritual doesn't mean, well, I know enough Bible to know what you're doing is wrong. That isn't what Paul's talking about. A lot of people know that. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter eight, Paul says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. It's not enough to know that somebody is wrong Paul says your job is to fulfill the law of Christ the law of love by bearing each other's burden and so when you go to restore somebody who's strayed off the path you do that gently because you're it's not to go in and prove that you know more than they do it is to go in and actually help them develop do you know how much to do that well and nobody does it perfectly But to do that well, do you know how much you've got to think about the other person? What's going on in their lives? What's tripped them up? How have they been made vulnerable to this particular sin? I can go in and be oblivious to what's happening in your life and just tell you how the cow ate the cabbage and walk away if I don't care to fulfill the law of Christ But if I want to really fulfill the law of love, the law that says I love you and I want to take care of you, then I actually have to look past the surface and and try to figure out what's going on with you. And Paul is just pointing out one of many, many ways in which being in a community, being in church with each other, and really taking care of each other the way that God wants us to, Pulls growth out of us as well. Helps us to become the kind of people we need to be. I understand that the American way is to be alone increasingly. We can kind of afford the luxury of looking down and entertaining ourselves. And if we want, we can choose kind of our own a uh, middle-class version of Howard Hughes's life, where I am just my own individual, me and my iPhone, me and my smartphone, that's all I need for the rest of my life. I can slowly cut all ties with other people. I can do that now. Everybody, that's within the reach of everybody. You don't have to be a multi-millionaire to do that. That is not what you actually are built for. People do bring some problems. But they bring an enormous number of blessings. And the greatest blessings are found when you are with God's people. And you are feeding what's best of you into God's people. And all those people, warts and all, are feeding their best back into you. And and all are being lifted up to join, to become, to look like our head, Jesus Christ. We need each other. That's how maturity in Christ works. If you need to respond to Christ's invitation, his blessing, and uh, you realize tonight is the night that you'd like to make that choice. It could be that you're ready to receive baptism. It could be that you need prayers. We always want to make that invitation available to you. If you want to respond, why don't you come as we stand and as we sing?